Would the Twins make a good home for starters Jamison Tyone or Kodai Senga analyzing their fits on today's episode of Lockdown Twins? You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, November 27th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, where you're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Again, this is Nash Walker, three seasons hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins, four seasons writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com. I've seen this front office work now for six seasons. We know what they do. We know how they operate. That's up. It's subject to change. It could change this offseason. It could change next offseason. But for right now, we know things about this front office, how they approach free agency, and almost to a T, they do it every single year. And when it comes to the starting pitching market, the, the twins in this front office have handed out one multi-year deal, and it was to Michael Pineda. I believe it was for two years. It was for two years. I believe it was for $21 million. That is their that is their longest contract they've handed out to a pitcher, a starting pitcher in free agency. They gave Addison Reed a two-year deal. So two years. That's that's as far as they've gone to a pitcher in free agency for $20, $21 million. Which, like, if they haven't done it to this point, <clears throat> and they had opportunities last year with a, a market that seemed tailored to their needs on the starting pitching for agent market, they still didn't do it. Like if they haven't done it now, if they haven't done it to this point, who knows if they'll ever do it. But I, I'm looking at this market and I know what they target. I know who they usually go after in free agency. And guys we're looking for, and I've touched on this with, with Heaney and Yavaldi and Rodon and, and guys we've looked at thus far, they go for usually guys coming off a tougher year, guys who have injury-riddled pasts, and the reason for that is because it dampens their markets. And the Twins believe they can find excess value in those sorts of, those sorts of players. The flip side of that as well is they prefer those one-year deals. And I, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg there. If it's one-year deals, they, they only look at guys who they'd sign for one-year deals. And those guys tend to be, they're coming off of injury or they literally target those players and they happen to only sign for one year because they want to rebuild their value. I think it's a little bit of both for this front office. They value the one-year deal because they view it as risk-free. And they also value guys they think they can get more out of because their market is dampened. That's the Twins' MO in free agency, at least with starting pitchers. It's completely different on the position player side. There's some similarities. They don't they don't weigh injury history as much as other teams, and that's you know illustrated in the Donaldson signing. It's been illustrated in other signings they've made where – and trades they've made where injury histories just maybe matter a little bit less to them. Now, last year, I feel like we saw some adjustments. We saw trading away Mitch Garver. I think it was sort of a ploy to try to get healthier, and Garver ended up missing almost the entire year in Texas. Uh, you know, Trading for Tyler Malley and trading for Jorge Lopez, that's a, a change for them in investing in pitchers, and, and they're willing to, to part with top 100 prospects. We hadn't seen that in the past much other than the Kenta Maeda trade and the Sonny Gray trade as well. So it's been more in the last year than the last 
four or five years prior of them willing to make some of these moves to invest in pitching, to buy high on Jorge Lopez, to buy high-ish on Tyler Malley at the deadline in a seller's market. We've seen them make some adjustments. So I'm hopeful that this offseason we'll see more of that adjustment because they're so staunch in their process. And we went over this so much last offseason. They're so staunch in what they believe and what they're going to do. Hopefully that that starts to shift because what we've seen is a one-year deal is not risk-free. A one-year deal can hurt you because the player doesn't perform, right? Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, Jay Howe, list goes on. Player does not perform. That's what hurts you, not the, the contract. It's the player who hurts you. Maybe we'll see a shift. And with Nathan Yavaldi and Andrew Heaney, I think those two really fit the Twins' MO, especially of guys we've looked at to this point. Carlos Rodon doesn't, but they've targeted him in the past. So and they're interested in him again. Of course, they should be. Everybody should be, and they will be on, on Carlos Rodon. He does have that injury history, so that's factored in. What about Kodai Senga from Japan and then Jamison Tyone, who's coming from the Yankees to free agency? What about those two? Let's start with Tyone, who's 31. He just turned 31 in November. I remember when the Yankees traded for Tyone in the offseason, the 2019 offseason, just before the COVID shutdown. They traded for him, uh, I believe, or maybe it was after the COVID year. But they, I remember when they traded for him, and the the feeling on Tyone was he's he's got untapped potential because he was in Pittsburgh. We saw what happened with Tyler Glass. Now we saw what happened with Garrett Cole. Jameson Tyone is a breakout candidate. And sometimes when that narrative is pushed, it pans out. Like Joe Musgrove broke out in San Diego, le- leaving Pittsburgh. Garrett Cole did with Houston and and Glasnow as well. But sometimes it's there's gray area. Like Glasnow has been hurt a lot. So he's been unable to provide much value. And like even his innings, while he's electric, it's not like he's some dominant starter his whole career. You know, he hasn't been that guy yet. Musgrove up and down was great in the postseason for San Diego, but there's usually some gray area. And for Jamison Tyone, he didn't break out per se for the Yankees. Like he was a solid pitcher for the two years he was there. He filled innings, you know, made 61 starts. His ERA was exactly league average, 100 ERA plus, 408 ERA, 416 fielding independent pitching. So he didn't break out really. I mean, before he went to New York, injuries had had hampered him but he had a 112 ERA plus in Pittsburgh from 2016 to 2019. The positives are he only made 82 total starts from 2016 all the way up until his first pitch with the Yankees in 2021. And then in the last two years, he's made you know 61 starts for New York. That's the positive is he's been able to stay healthy and pitch uh, you know reasonably well for the Yankees. What do I like about him? What do I not like about him? And do I think he's somebody the Twins would target? It's all coming up after this word from BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. I love the website personally, but on the phone, it's so easy. Whatever you want to do, they have you covered at BetOnline. And that's not just the platform. It's what you're looking for. BetOnline is where the game starts for sports betting info, stats, news, analysis, lines. If you want to play, if you don't even want to play, if you want to just go find out more, if you want to go listen to some podcasts, you can do all of it at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. 
BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Jamison Tyone, we'll get to Kodai Senga as well. It was so intriguing to me. Tyone is as well, though. And, you know, what I've really focused on in this starting pitcher series so far is uh, innings eater versus a higher upside injury question mark, right? It, you, don't, you don't fall into two buckets, just like those trades the Pirates have made. There's a lot of gray area in there. There's room for upside often with, with guys. And if there is, like you'll see teams value those players more on the open market. And I think that definitely applies to Kodai Senga, at least looking for value, excess value. Jamison Tyone threw exactly 1,000 four-seam fastballs. That's so that's really satisfying. Exactly a thousand four seam fastballs in 2022. Opponents hit 257. You know, Wolbat 330, 23% whiff rate, good spin rate on the pitch. He averaged 94 with it. Like pretty standard four seamer, right? For Jamison Tyone. What I like about him is he's got a mixed bag. Like he really mixes it up. And we saw that when he pitched against the Twins. He seemed like he kept hitters off balance. Four seamer, slider, curve, sinker, cutter, change. He throws his four-seamer the most at 36%, but then everything else is kind of evened out. The slider is his second most used pitch, but everything in there like is that 8 to 18 range. 18.8 on the slider, 15% on the curve, 11% on the sinker, 11% on the cutter, 8.5% on the changeup. He really mixes it up, and one spot I'm looking at here is that curveball. His curveball is his best off-speed pitch. He used it at a 15% clip this year. Opponents hit 168, expected Woba on the pitch this year, 207, really high spin rate, good whiff rate. So with Jamison Tyone, maybe what you say is, hey, the slider's okay. Slider's a decent pitch. Like, you're not going to scrap the slider. Still gets decent whiff numbers, not a ton of hard contact on the pitch, but he can hang and he gives up homers. And what I would say to him is maybe let's let's – bump up that that curveball usage like let's go four seamer curve against lefties and against righties let's favor the curve as well as the primary secondary right that's that's how I would view it for for Tyone against righties he was really slider heavy slider 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 29% slider only through that curveball 13% of the time against righties that's okay to me like I don't mind that mix because I tend to favor the slider Right against against right right on right sliders and the twins in the past at least with Wes Johnson have loved to uh, to tweak that and really bump up the usage as well. But he had pretty even splits, so you can there's there's room to make changes here with his pitch mix. I think especially he's coming from New York and they're known like they've been able to get more out of starters in the past. So these are things he, they could have already gone into with Jamison Tyone. But to me, like the spin rates are great. And this is part of the reason people thought he might break out when he went to New York. The spin rates are really solid. He stayed healthy. He's got good velocity, not great velocity, but good velocity. He can bump it up there. He did give it up a, a lot of home runs. And Yankee Stadium can do that to a pitcher. And that's, you, know, you get him out of Yankee Stadium into target field. I think there's more of that, that good fortune for him in target field, especially against lefties. But there's intriguing parts about Jamison Tyone and enough where I would think the Twins would be interested in him. 347 ERA at, at home, 436 on the road is weird. 
I think those would even out over a you know a, an extended sample size. He had a really nice second half in terms of OPS against 686 compared to 733 in the first half. He's a solid pitcher. Like today, Jamison Tyone is a solid mid-rotation starter. I do think there's upside here if you were to make some of those tweaks, get into that curveball a little bit more, change up this pitch mix, rely a little bit less on the four-seamer perhaps. He, he likes to throw the slider, which I don't mind. And then that curve, I mean, the sinker gets hit pretty hard. And that's that we often see that, like scrap the sinker, throw more sliders. That seems like a buzz term for, for some of these guys. But I like Tyone. I like Tyone, and I think the Twins would like Tyone for those reasons. I think if they saw that, and, and maybe this is obvious to teams, make a couple changes pitch mix-wise, and instead of a, you know hovering four ERA, he's a 360, 370 ERA, and he's a solid mid-rotation starter with an ERA that's 15 or 20% better than league average. And in the Becker median saying Tyone will get a median of three years and 43 and a half million, you're getting excess value on that contract. If he is a 115, 120 ERA plus guy, that's a, a borderline top of the rotation starter. It's like a high end number three, a low end number two. I think Tyone can get there for the Yankees in the last two years, both years, exactly league average. He's like a, a mid rotation number three you know, in a, in a playoff rotation. Kodai Senga, the upside with the Japanese phenom. What do I think? What would the twins think? Perhaps I'm going to take a guess after this word from simply safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Lockdown twins listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year and you won't want to miss it. Simply Safe. It was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Kodai Senga, maybe the most interesting player on the free agent market this year, coming over from the uh, Japanese league, pitching for SoftBank in 2022, had a sterling 189 ERA in the NPB. He has a 259 ERA in 11 seasons, and sometimes you see that, and it's covering up less than stellar stuff. That ain't the case with Kodai Senga. Right-hander throws up to triple digits, throws 100 with a nasty splitter. So he's got nasty stuff, and for that reason, the Becker median on Kodai Senga is four years and 72 million. That's 18 million a year. Some command questions for Senga. Is he going to be able to hold up as a starter in the big leagues? Does he have enough to make to start every fifth day against the best hitters in the world? Legitimate questions, but he's still, I mean, he's projected to make 70 million in free agency. He's never pitched, never thrown over here in the bigs. Like that, that tells you how teams, I think, are, are going to evaluate his stuff. Senga is fascinating to me and he's a fascinating free agent case because anytime like this is like the money ball era right and like i think almost every front office thinks this way the big markets seem to be in on kodai senga like i think the dodgers the yankees all of those teams they'll, they'll be probably involved on senga and the reason for that is 
they can they can absorb if this contract goes bad. If they sign Senga for four years and seventy five million, and he turns out to be a reliever, he gets hurt. He's not the same as he was in the MPB. They can absorb that. And then I think the flip side for them is if he's not like that's incredible value. That's the buzzword value. When you don't know a guy, when you you only watch him on video and you don't know how his stuff's going to play in the bigs, but you know he throws a hundred, you know he has a nasty splitter. Your your mind goes to these places of what he could be, right? And if he was here and if he was pitching here for all those years, would he get three hundred million in free agency and we're going to get him for seventy five? I think as if if I was in a front office, that would be so interesting to me. I'd be like, okay, this is a this could potentially be a franchise changing opportunity for us where we get Kodai Senga and he absolutely dominates for us on a less than market value contract. That's why I think his market's going to be hot this off season because there's just so much room for, for dreaming with Senga because you haven't seen many chinks in the armor because he's been so good in the MPB. He has the stuff to match and he's never pitched here. He's experienced. He's going to be 30 in January. He's smaller, six foot 178. He's lifted at, listed at as a right-hander. The, the possibilities in your head, they go and go and go with Kodai Senga because you just don't know. You don't know. Like The possibilities are seemingly endless for him in both directions. Would he be someone the Twins could be interested in? Honestly, he's hard to pin for them. I, could, I don't know. Again, there's so many question marks with him, and I think – it would interest them to to try to find that value for a frontline starter. He definitely matches the two descriptions, the two benchmarks I've placed on a starting pitching edition, which is one, a frontline starter, or two, somebody you believe you can turn into a frontline starter. Like those are kind of my benchmarks I've been I've been working off of. I think Senga, Senga could fall into the two category. Is he a frontline starter now? Maybe. Like maybe he is. Or maybe you believe you can turn him into that. Like maybe he's not right now, but you can tweak things and turn him into that. So many unknowns with him. Innings are are sort of there. You know, since 2019, he, he threw 180 and a third in 2019, 2021, 31. 2021 was down at 111, but came back this year through 148. So a reasonable expectation if he's effective is 150 innings. Like Tyone, like those trades we touched on, sometimes there's a middle a middle area, a middle ground. And maybe for Senga, like coming over, pitching in the bigs, different experience, right? Completely different, different hitters, different opponents. Maybe he's sitting 96, 97. He makes a start every fifth day. He's a, a good mid-rotation starter, you know, 350, 360 ERA, quite a bit of walks, but good strikeout numbers. And he's just a solid pitcher. That's a possible outcome here on this broad range that I, I think there is a broader range of outcomes for him than maybe anybody on this market because he just, just haven't seen him. We haven't seen him here. Or he could be an ace. He's got the stuff. Checks off that first box. He got the stuff he does. Throws 100 with a nasty splitter. Or he could be a flame-out reliever or not even be able to get outs in the big leagues. It's uh, it's crazy. I love when I love when these guys are posted and because I'm so intrigued by the market and I'm so intrigued by how front offices, I think, get themselves going. And that's rightly so. Like this, He's extremely talented, one of the best pitchers in the MPB. Rightly so. I would get excited too, and I am. Like I would be excited if the Twins made a run at Kodai Senga, and I'd be wondering all offseason and into spring training and into the regular season, who do we have? Like, oh my goodness, is Kodai Senga the, the next Johan Santana for the Minnesota Twins? 
it's like a prospect. It's like it's like bringing in a top prospect, but except it's a thirty-year-old who has thrown you know a, over a thousand innings overseas with a two forty-two ERA. That's that's where he's at, and he's coming over now. Like I said, I think the Dodgers will be involved. I think the Yankees will be involved. It sounds like the Blue Jays might be involved. I don't think the Twins are going to sign Kodai Senga, but he's somebody who, if it gets later, like if we get later in the offseason and Contreras and Abreu and Correa and Bogarts and all these guys have signed with whoever and Kodai Senga is still out there like waiting and wondering what he's going to get paid because teams have shied off or teams have allocated money in other areas. Maybe that's when the Twins get involved. He's a sleeper for... That sort of addition. I think the number one, and, and we're going to do a deep dive on Wilson Contreras on Monday. He's the number one. Okay, we got this money to spend. Who are we going to spend it on? Correa's gone. Abreu's gone. Bogarts is gone. Who are we going to spend it on? I think Contreras is the number one guy for that, and we'll get to his fit on Monday. But Senga might be a sleeper for that money. I could see a scenario where he's still there in, in late December, January, late January, early February still I, I, I don't know if there's actually a deadline. I, there might be a deadline. So I'll I'll look that up and I'll correct myself on Monday if that's true. But he might be a sleeper for the Twins have this money to spend and he hasn't quite got the number he's looking for and the Twins sign him. It's a possibility. But again, I will look and I'll let you know Monday if, there, if there's a deadline for Senga to sign. That could blow up my whole sleeper plan there. Uh, I'm not sure. But very intriguing. I mean, these are two completely different free agents, but they're about the same age. They're both right-handed. Uh, in Tyone and Senga, and one of them is fascinating because we we haven't seen him in his stuff, and then the other could be a, a potentially very valuable addition for a playoff contender this offseason in Jamison Tyone. So those are the two. I think of everybody we've covered so far, still Yavaldi and Heaney make sense to me the most for the Twins in terms of who they've targeted in the past. Then I might go to Tyone, honestly. Senga's such a wild card in so many ways. Like, where does he even land on that list? I don't know. But I would go Yavaldi, Heaney, Tyone of the guys we've we've looked at so far are the most likely for the Twins to target and sign in free agency. Let me know what you think in the comments about Senga, about Tyone, about the Twins' search for starting pitching, whether you think they should invest a ton in starting pitching, invest less. Let me know what you think in the comments. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on, the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you again so much. Wilson Contreras, hot topic free agent for the Twins this offseason analyzing his fit, whether I think it makes sense, whether I think he's a good investment on Monday's episode. Join me then. Thanks so much. In the meantime, have a great day and go Twins.